Thanks for joining us for Open Bible Online today. Open Bible Baptist Church has been in South Jersey for over 60 years. We love this community and we want to be a help to you. In order to help us help you in the best way possible, would you do us a favor? Please fill out the digital connection card posted in this link. Here you could post prayer requests and also ask any questions you may have about Open Bible. If you'd like to give today, you could give online in less than two minutes. Visit openbiblenj.org for more information. Thanks again for joining us today. Now enjoy the service. Open your Bibles to Matthew's Gospel, chapter 2, this morning. And uh, I want to talk about something that I'm going to title Christmas Preparations. And I know it's still November, and we still have a few weeks to go, but... As you can tell, preparations are being made. Isn't that right? Our staff has done a tremendous job decorating our buildings. And wherever you go, you'll find a Christmas tree and or some kind of a Christmas ornament or something of some kind of a symbol that draws your attention to Christmas. And I'm thankful for it. They did a great job. Doesn't it look beautiful? They did a great job. I love that tree. That's a nice looking tree, right? So they worked hard at that this week, and we're thankful for all that they've done. And you know, last Friday was, was Black, Friday. Black Friday, right? Black Friday. Black Friday came and it went, Amen. right? Tomorrow is Cyber Monday. Monday, right? And it'll come and it'll go. But doesn't it seem like it's getting, I don't know, a little bit earlier every year? You know, I think we start decorating for Halloween in August. <laughs> you know, some of you still haven't taken your costumes off. It's time, you know, to shed the costumes. But, and then, you know, Thanksgiving just seems to be like in between, you know, because Christmas decorations are up in October now, right? And so we're preparing earlier and earlier for, of course, these seasons. Well, my question this morning for us is this. Have you taken any time to prepare yourself for Christmas? Huh? Now I got real quiet, real quick. But I think this, I think it's important for us to take a little bit of time and consider preparing ourselves for Christmas. I mean, it's just a couple days away, right, when you think about it. Today in our economy, you blink and another week has passed, you know. It seems like I've just finished preaching one message and I'm already preparing to preach the next. It just goes by so quickly. But I think with Christmas, if you're not careful, you know, it can take you by surprise, catch you off guard, and maybe even knock you off your feet, you know? And so some preparations should be made. I think this, I think many uh, prepare themselves physically for Christmas, you know? Hey, let's be honest, Christmas can wear you out. Come on now, Christmas can wear you out. I mean, there's a, how many of you look like this during Christmas time? Huh? Somebody, I think, I think that picture was taken by somebody in my family, you know? But, you know, there is a, let's be honest, there's a lot of hustle and bustle involved with Christmas. You know what hustle and bustle is? Noise and activity. And there's a lot of noise, and there's a lot, a lot of activity. And if you're not careful, you know, physically, if you don't prepare yourself physically, you know, you can get worn down. So how do I prepare myself physically? you got to drink a lot of eggnog. you got to eat a lot of cookies. No, I'm just teasing. I don't know what you do physically, but... I guess prepare yourself. I will tell you this, you need to prepare yourself, go ahead and flip that, you, you need to prepare yourself emotionally. Emotionally. 
Because you know this, sometimes uh, at Christmas, uh, Christmas is an emotional event for some. And, and for many, it, it's just happy times. It's good times. You have, you have fond memories at Christmas time. You know, your childhood was blessed. Maybe you got saved as a child and, and everything was kind of like, you know, postcardish, right? How many have a postcardish, you know, memory of Christmas? But then there's some who don't. And because we live in a broken world, sometimes we think at Christmas time and it brings back memories that are not that pleasant. And there are people that struggle emotionally during the holiday season. And so I think we need to prepare ourselves physically and emotionally and, of course, spiritually. And that's the message today, preparing ourselves spiritually for Christmas. How do we do that? Well, I tell you this, there are some things that have been suggested. In fact, I happened to look at this this week, and I thought, really? Flip the side, if you would. Look, look at this, 71 things to do to get ready for Christmas. <laughs> 71 things to do to get ready for Christmas? Holy moly. Say it with me, holy moly. And so I'm not sure about 71 things that you can do spiritually to get ready for Christmas, but there is a list. In fact, you can Google almost anything today, right? Google, uh, Google, how many minutes does it take to cook a 14 and a half pound turkey at 350 degrees? And it'll tell you just around four hours if the, if the turkey is stuffed, right? So Google, how could I prepare myself spiritually for Christmas? And here's some of the suggestions. Are you listening real good? Read the Christmas story. Read the Christmas story. Both in Matthew's gospel and Luke's gospel, you'll find detailed account of the Christmas story. Not a bad suggestion. Here's another one. Listen to Christmas music. I don't think on the list was uh, Santa Baby. <laughs> you know, uh, listen to Christmas music. And uh, on the list. And so, I don't know, maybe, I, you know, spend time with family and friends. Now, that could be good or bad. It all depends if you like your family and friends. Uh, here's another one. Let's spend time in reflection. And the list goes on and on and on. Uh, there are, there's a list of 10. There's a list of 25. There's a list of 50 things you can do spiritually in order to prepare yourself for Christmas. And, and I think this, I think there's probably a place for all of that in our lives. Not a bad idea to read the Christmas story, listen to Christmas music, spend some time with family and friends, spend some time reflecting, right? Good stuff. However, I want to take it just a, a little bit deeper for us today and tonight. This is a part two, this is a two-part message. I'm going to do the first part this morning, finish it up tonight with the second part. So you must promise to come back tonight or this message won't work for you. And I know what you're thinking, well, then I might as well leave now. Well, we just locked the doors in the back so you can't get out, and so you're stuck for the next few minutes uh, of the hour. However, in Matthew's Gospel, chapter number two, we read what has been called the, you know, the Christmas story. And this, this one involves a couple of men that are called wise men, not wise guys. Wise guys come from Philly in New York. The, these, these are wise men. And, and from this story, here's what I found. I found a couple of things that I want to point out that might work for us as spiritual preparations for Christmas. Now, look, we're, we're going to enter into Christmas whether you like it or not, correct? Some of us will enjoy it. Some of us will just endure it. I think, I think the best thing we can do is prepare ourselves for it. 
And so here's a couple of suggestions this morning as to how we can prepare ourselves for Christmas. Look at verse number one. Now, when Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea in the days of Herod the king, behold, there came wise men from the east of Jerusalem. And here's what they were saying in verse number two. Where is he that is born king of the Jews? We've seen his star in the east, and we've come to worship him. When Herod the king had heard these things, he was troubled and all Jerusalem with him. And when he had gathered all the chief priests and scribes of the people together, he demanded of them where Christ should be born. And they said unto him in Bethlehem of Judea, for thus it is written by the prophet. Here's the prophecy, verse number six. And thou, Bethlehem, in the land of of Judah, art not the least among the princes of Judah. For out of thee shall come a governor that shall rule my people Israel. Verse 7, then Herod, when he had privately called the wise men, inquired of them diligently what time the star appeared. And he sent them to Bethlehem and said, go and search diligently for the young child. And when ye have found him, bring me word again that I may come and worship him also. Verse 9, when they heard the king, they departed. And look at this. And lo, the star which they saw in the east went before them till it came and stood over where the young child was. And when they saw the star, they rejoiced with exceeding great joy. And when they were coming to the house, they saw the young child with Mary, his mother, and notice they fell down and worshiped him. And when they had opened their treasures, they presented unto him gifts, gold and frankincense and myrrh. And may the Lord add a blessing to the reading of his holy word. And so as I read that story, as I read that passage, there's a few things that jump up off the page at me that I think would serve as a good way for you and I to prepare ourselves for Christmas season, Christmas preparations. What I find in verse number one and two, especially verse number number one, or verse number two, it says this in verse number two, saying, where is he that is born king of the Jews? May I submit to you this, as I examine this text, these men from the east had, a, had an uncanny understanding of this event. They just they had an understanding. They came looking for one who was predicted. Now, how did they know? Look, look what it says again. Where is he that is born king of the Jews? How did they know that? Well, we're told this about these men, that they were studiers of the stars, right? They, they weren't into, they weren't into uh, horoscopes or things of that nature. They were astrologers. They studied the stars. But I think what they did was they gained their interpretation from Scripture. And when they did that, they got a good understanding. Now, pay attention. They got a good understanding of this event. Because the Bible told them they may have studied Old Testament prophecies, especially in Daniel chapter number 9, where, you know, Messiah is going to come, and, and there's a timing, and there's some dates to that. And so these men had an uncanny understanding of this event. And I think this, one of the ways that you and I could and should prepare ourselves for Christmas is by getting a good understanding of the event. Pay attention here. It's all about Jesus. You know, the word Christmas really doesn't do uh, much for us theologically. You know, I won't get too much into that word. But when you look at the event, when you look at Christmas theologically, biblically, there's other words that are used to describe the event. One such word is incarnation. Did you ever hear that word? Incarnation. What's it mean? What does incarnation mean? Well, here's what it means. It means there was a time in history where Jesus as God's Son, as God Himself, took upon Him flesh. God became 
flesh. John chapter number 1, verse 14, we read these words. Go ahead and flip it. And the Word was made flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld uh, His glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. The Word became flesh. Do you see, and I didn't do this on my own, I just copied this out of the Bible, but do you see the word, Word? How the word, Word has a capital W on the beginning? You know why that is? Because in that particular passage of Scripture, the word, Word is referring to the Lord Jesus Christ. It says, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with us, and the Word was God. And then it goes on and says, and the Word was made flesh and dwelt among us. That's the incarnation of Christ. That's Christmas. That's what we're celebrating. Theologically, biblically, Christmas is all about the incarnation of Christ, where God himself became a man. Isn't that awesome? Now, there's another word uh, that gets thrown around this time of the year. We may not understand. It's the word Advent. Did you ever hear that word? You know, uh, Advent. And uh, what's the word Advent mean? Well, the word Advent has a Latin origin, and all it simply means is coming, coming. And so when you refer, when you use the word Advent in reference to Jesus, he's got two Advents. The very first one is when he was born during this time, well, not this time of the year, but when he was born, when God became flesh, right? We, We understand how that took place. We read the story. That's his first Advent. There's a second advent. He's coming back a second time because the Bible says he came the first time, and then when he left, promised to come a second time. Isn't that right? I love John chapter 14. John 14, verse 1 through 3, really through 6, is an awesome passage of Scripture. But listen to what Jesus said to his disciples. He gathers his team together, and here's what he said. He said, let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God? Believe also in me. And then he made, he made this statement, in my father's house are many mansions. You know what that word mansion means right there? Any idea? It means place of abode. In my father's house are many places of abode. I go prepare a place for you. Now listen, and if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again. That where I am, there you may be also. Isn't that awesome? Jesus Christ is promising his disciples, I'm going to leave you, but I'm coming again. That's the second. That's the second advent. And so I said this just a moment ago. We ought to prepare ourselves spiritually for Christmas. And one way to do that is by having a good understanding of the event. Now pay attention right there. I know that seems to be so academic, but if we're not careful, we'll lose focus of the truth amidst all the festivities and preparations and busyness. Huh? Many times we do. And I'm not, listen, I'm not saying don't celebrate Christmas the way you traditionally celebrate Christmas, but what I am saying is this, don't lose focus of the event. Don't lose focus of the purpose. So here's my challenge for us this morning. Here's the challenge. Look at this. What are some ways that you and I can keep Jesus in focus this Christmas? Think about that for a second. I'm not going to flip that off until you get it. What are some ways that you and I can keep our focus on Jesus this Christmas? Huh? Look here. I'll, I'll, just, I'll just put myself into the, into the midst. There are times during Christmas season where I've lost focus. 
You know, there's times when I might revert back to maybe some childhood. You know, when I was coming up, when I, when I was born, raised, uh, we, were, we weren't safe. We didn't get, my parents didn't get safe later on in life. And so my early coming up days weren't as pleasant as I would have loved for them to be. And if I'm not careful, let me help somebody here. If I'm not careful, I can revert back in my mind to unpleasant holiday seasons. And you know what it does? It causes me not to be as happy or as joyful. You know, it causes me to ruminate upon some things that weren't very pleasant. Are you listening real good? And you know why that is? Because I've lost my focus. I got my focus off of Jesus. And then there are times when, and, and, and my kids are grown now, thank the Lord. We have grandkids. We're able to spoil them. But there were times when we were coming up, you know, when Donna and I first started pastoring, you know, we started pastoring small churches. And we, I mean to tell you, we were so poor, we didn't qualify for poor. Did you ever feel like that? Huh? I mean to tell you, we, when, we, when we went to some place where poor people were allowed, they wouldn't let us in. We didn't qualify. We were too poor. You know, and so we didn't have much coming up. And I remember this. I remember always wanting to do more for our children because I would look to see what some others were doing for their kids. And, you know, they're buying them these big presents and all this stuff going on. And we couldn't do that for our children. And so there were times my focus would get off in that direction. Are are you with me? And so I personally know what it's like to lose your focus at Christmas time because we lose fact of what it's all about. It's about God coming down and taking on human flesh on purpose. What's the purpose? That he might one day go to a cross and die for us and take our place at Calvary. I don't want to lose focus of that. So we need to keep an understanding. And what are some ways that this Christmas I can keep my focus on Christ? Maybe that's something we ought to challenge ourselves with. Because we're going to get busy, right? We're going to be in the midst of the planning. You know, we may not be shoppers, but we're going to be involved in something. May we not lose focus this Christmas on what it's all about. What it's all about. As I read on, I see this in that same verse of Scripture. Look at verse 2 again. It says they came and they were saying this, where is he that is born king of the Jews? They had a keen understanding of this event. And then it says this, we've seen a star in the east and we are come to, we've come to worship him. Verse 11, we picked it up. When they came to where, you know, he was, they saw the child with Mary, his mother, and fell down and, and they worshiped him. And so the second thing I thought about is this, as we prepare ourselves spiritually for Christmas, is, is just to maybe keep our focus on the event as to what it really is and allow that, now pay attention right here, and allow that to cause us to worship Him, to worship Him. The Bible says over in Psalm 95 and verse number 6, O come, let us worship and bow down, let us kneel before the Lord our Maker. You see that? Let's talk about worship for a minute. Let's just pause just for a second and talk about worship. What, what does it mean to worship? Let me give you a practical definition. Go ahead and flip this up, guys. Look at this. True worship is defined by the priority we place on who God is in our lives. Go and pay attention. Look at that again. True worship is defined by the priority we place on who God is in our lives. Let me give you a, a very easy way to think about that. Right now, right now in your life, what place does God have in your life? Right now, 
Think about it. What place does God have in my life? See, that will lead us to, I think, you know, worshiping. Where is he on my list of priorities? Do you ever hear this terminology? We need to develop a biblical worldview. Did you ever hear that before? What does that mean? We're not going to get into that, but we do. We need to have a biblical worldview. But here's what we learn. The longer I think we are alive and maybe the longer we're in Christ, we begin to realize what our real purpose in life is. And can I share it with you? Here's our real purpose in life according to the Scriptures. Are you, are you listening? It's to glorify God and enjoy Him. It's to glorify God and enjoy Him. In other words, in other words, our chief purpose for being here is to worship God in our lives and with our lives. We worship Him. And I think this, as we enter into the Christmas season, as we make our preparations for Christmas, as we begin to develop our list, you got a list? Huh? You know what I spent a little bit of time doing yesterday? Whatever my wife asked me to do. That's called a honeydew list, right? You know, get the wreaths and get the tree and get to this and get to that. And I got scars to prove it. I cut my nose putting up the tree. I got nips and buns all over my hands and whatnot. Why? Because I was busy doing the list. And I hate to tell you this, but the list is far from being complete. She's got more on the list. But I, I would hope that we have a list on how to prepare ourselves, physically, emotionally, but mostly spiritually. And that part of the spiritual is to come to a good understanding and focus in upon the key event. What is Christmas and what's it all about? And once you begin to understand that, to then worship the Lord Jesus Christ. That's what we find here in this passage. See, the Bible makes it clear that God desires that we worship Him. Think about this. The, the longest book in the Bible. You know what the longest book in the Bible is? Anybody know? Say it. Psalms. There's 150 chapters in the book of Psalms, right? And it's a great read. Did you ever read the book of Psalms? It's a great read. And here's what you'll find. If you pay attention and if you keep reading it and rereading it and rereading it, most of the Psalms have to do with praise and worship, right? I mean, over and over, we read Psalms like Psalm 100, you know, where we enter into his gates with thanksgiving, into his courts with praise. I mean, over and over, you know, we read about worshiping. We just read a psalm. Flip it back, guys. Psalm 95, verse number 6. Look, O come, let us worship and bow down. Let us kneel before the Lord our Maker. What are we talking about? Worship. And so, the longest book in the Bible, 150 chapters, is about worship. Did you realize this? The last book in the Bible, you know what the last book in the Bible is? Revelation. Genesis is the first. Revelation is the last, and then there's a lot in between. You know, the last book in the Bible deals with worship. In fact, chapter 4 and 5 of the book of Revelation, here's what you find. You find the, the saints and the angels in heaven bowing down and uh, worshiping Him, worshiping Him. It's amazing, isn't it? See, God's all about you and I, us as a church and us individually. He's all about us worshiping Him. And that's why you read in this text of Scripture, you know, when these, these men from the East, these wise men, the Magi, they come, they, they have an understanding of the event because they're looking for one who was born King of the Jews. They understood the event. And they came following that star to do one thing. And what was that one thing? To worship Him. 
to worship him. You know what Jesus said? Jesus spoke to a woman in the New Testament, John's Gospel, chapter 4. And here's what he said to this woman. He said, the hour cometh and now is, now listen, when the true worshipers shall worship the Father in spirit and in truth. Now pay attention right here. For the Father seeketh such to worship him. The Father is seeking people to worship him. God desires that we worship him. Hey, just a couple of weeks away, we're going to celebrate Christmas. And there'll be festivities, right? There'll be gatherings. There'll be, you know, celebrations. There'll be special times to get together. I mean, just if you're connected to OB, there are so many Christmas events coming up in December, it will wear you out, you know? And we're not looking to wear you out, but uh, it is what it is, you know? And, uh, and then there'll, there'll, there'll be meals, there'll be the giving of gifts and the receiving of gifts, and it's all wonderful, but let us not lose focus. It is a time to worship him. It's a time to worship him. You know, these men from the East had a good understanding of this child, and as they travel from afar, you know, to, you know, following that star, we find two things that they saw. Did you notice this? The first thing they saw was the star. Look at it again. In, in verse number, in verse number uh, two, we have seen his star in the east. And you know what they did? Now pay attention right here. When they saw his star, you know what they did? What did they do? They rejoiced. They rejoiced. They were glad. They were celebrating. They were excited. Why? Because they saw his star. It wasn't just a star. They saw his star. And the second thing they saw is this. When they entered into the house, you'll notice they saw the child. They saw Jesus. They saw baby Jesus with his mother Mary. And you know what they did? What did they do? They worshiped him. They worshiped him. What, 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 what is that? What's the implication there? Well, think about this. When, when they were worshiping him, they were recognizing his authority. They're recognizing his authority. In chapter number two, in verse number two, we said it before, where is he born? King of the Jews. That's authority. Uh, if you and I are going to worship him, we must recognize his authority. Who is he? Who is this Jesus that we worship? He's King of Kings. He's Lord of Lords. He's the rock of ages. He's the prince of peace. He's the altogether lovely one. He's the lily of the valley. You know, he's my God. He's my Savior. He's my Jesus. You need to recognize his authority. And then not only that, but I think this, they recognized his deity because in chapter 2, verse number 11, it says they bowed down before him. Look, and they fell down, and they fell down before, they fell down and then they worshiped him. They recognized his mission because then they gave him gifts. Look, look at the gifts, gold and frankincense and myrrh. We're going to talk a little bit about that tonight because that was recognition of his mission. Jesus didn't come haphazardly. Jesus came on purpose. Jesus came on mission, right? There was a reason for his coming. And so this story is a story of true worshipers. And here's my challenge for you uh, this morning, not only to focus, how, how can I focus on Jesus Christ this Christmas, but what are some ways that we can focus our attention on worshiping him this Christmas? How can I focus my attention on worshiping him? Think about that for a second. Maybe tonight if you come back, we'll have just a little bit of discussion. You like to discuss things? I love discussion. 
I would love to say to you right now, I won't, but maybe tonight I will. I would love to say to you, so give me, give me some, some of your ideas as to how we can worship him this Christmas or how I can keep my focus on him this Christmas because I get preoccupied. And I would love to have you kind of spit back a few things because then if you say something, I'll say, well, I never thought about that. How about this? And then somebody else might chime in and say, yeah, well, we do this. Well, that's a great idea. Well, how about, and we discuss this truth. And you know what happens? Man, it just, it just becomes sweeter and richer and more helpful, right? And so we're going to discuss maybe tonight some of the ways that we could focus our attention on worshiping him. But can I give you a couple of ideas that I came up with? Can I? I'm going to give them to you anyway. You might as well say yes. <laughs> Here's a few ideas that I came up with, and I don't mean to be hurtful with them, but they're very practical. The first is this, very practical. Plan on attending services this Christmas. fact is, <clears throat> we don't need Christmas to attend services. You say, what kind of services? Church services. Coming to church. I mean, that's what Christians ought to do. The Bible tells us in, in, in Acts chapter number 20 and verse number 20 that Jesus Christ shed his blood for the church. And the church is a gathering. It's a called out assembly. But here's what I found, and I know you're going to get quiet right now, and that's okay. I'm, pre I'm preparing myself for your silence. <laughs> in the many years that I've pastored, here's what I found. Some of the most faithful Christians... How, do I, how can I put this without being hurtful? Tend. I like that word, tend. Huh? Some of the most faithful Christians tend to vacate their premises on Christmas. It's amazing how we feel that, you know, it's the time to be with family, and it's, Pastor, if Christmas Eve wasn't on a Sunday, I'd be here, but... No, I won't preach it because I think just saying is enough. But it's true, right? I mean, he's not asking us for much. But the Lord's Day is the Lord's Day, whether it's Christmas, Easter, or whatever it might be. Maybe your birthday. Well, Pastor, it's my birthday. I don't go to church on my birthday. Well, then go to at least go to church on his birthday. Help me here. Look here. When we, when we abandon our post, when we vacate our spot during some of these most visible, significant Christian times, it doesn't speak much about our commitment. It doesn't bolster, it doesn't promote, it doesn't advance our testimony. Huh? At least that's the way I think. And so, one of the ways that we can worship Him, focus our attention, just, I'm going to plan to, I'm going to be in charge. And you know what? My family will understand, or they're going to have to understand, because He's got to come first. Amen? So, Pastor, I'm, I'm, I'm flying to California. How could I get back? We understand that. Huh? But if you're just going to Pennsylvania, we don't understand that. No, I'm, I'm teasing. I'm teasing. If you're out of town, we get it, you know? But I think we ought to, don't you think we ought to make an effort at making Church, church attendance, important, especially during. Did you ever hear of C&E Christians? You know what that is, right? Say it. That's offensive. I, I wouldn't. Look here. People that just come Christmas, God bless you. I'm glad you're here. I don't want to offend you by calling you a C&E Christian. 
But we're not at Christmas yet. And so if that's all you are, right? So you know what you are? You're a C&E Christian in the reverse. You don't attend Christmas or Easter. You come, you know, 50 weeks out of the year, but those two weeks you don't come. You know how many choir directors have come to me with, with anguish saying my, fo- my most favorite or my most faithful attenders in my choir are not going to be here this Christmas or this Easter or for this special program when we work all year toward that? Now, Chrissy didn't say that to me, although she's thinking it right now. Huh? So, maybe one of the ways we can focus our attention on worship this Christmas is by planning to attend. And I know this, if you're traveling and you're away, maybe you'll attend another church and be in their special services for the day. But make sure you attend services. Here's another way. Here's another thing that I thought about. Uh, Live in such a way that others know you belong to Him. That's the key theme for my life this year. I picked that up back in the fall, maybe in the summer. Shared it on a Wednesday night in a Bible study. I want to live in such a way. My prayer, Charles, my prayer sometimes in the morning is, Lord, help me to live today in such a way that others know I belong to you. Huh? Brother Fenton here just a little bit ago uh, shared those beautiful uh, uh, Christmas invitations. And they're handsome. We try to put things in your hand that you would not be ashamed in giving out. You know, it's not real busy. It's minimalist. You know, just on the front just says Christmas at OB or something like that. On the back, it's our service times and a brief description of the gospel. And all you would have to really do is just keep a few of those on your, pre- on, your, on your person. You know, keep them in your car, keep them wherever. And when you go into whatever, wherever you go, your gas fueling station, just an invitation. And, and you know what it does? It identifies you with him. Or at least here, which would then identify you with him. Right? And so this Christmas, I'm going to try to worship him by living in such a way that others know I belong to him. Here's another thought. I know you're not happy right now. (laughs) Share the gospel when the door opens. It's amazing how God just opens up doors. You say, I'm not a preacher. I don't know how to do that. Sure, well, just take one of these little invitation cards and give it God. Hey, if you get a chance, would you read this? Right? There's the gospel right there. Read it to them. You'd be surprised. Uh, here's a testimony. I don't want to embarrass anybody, but I was really, I was really intrigued by this. Last uh, week, a family in our church, their daughter got married. And it, it, was, it, was, it was a wonderful event. Um, and, and right before the bride is supposed to be coming uh, into the chapel with her father and the bridal party, uh, people were saying, where are they at? Where are they at? I don't know. I was standing there with the groom, and I was saying to him, I, I hope she's coming. <laughs> Have you done anything to offend her? But can I tell you why they were slowed down? Because the mother of the bride was leading the makeup girl. What do you call them? Makeup girls? A who? A makeup artist. Is that what you said, artist? The makeup artist she was leading the makeup artist to the Lord. Amen. Wait a second. You missed that. This is her daughter's wedding. This is her wedding day. Her mind should be on something else. Her mind should be on my daughter's getting married. I can't wait to get out there and get rid of her. I can't wait to I almost said get rid of her. <laughs> I can't wait to get out there. But wait a second. She's running late, which was not uncustomary for this person, but we won't go there. 
She was running late for a good reason this time. She was leading the makeup girl to the Lord. It's amazing where God will open up doors if we're just willing to go through them. You listen real good. And this Christmas, one of the ways that we can worship Him is by sharing the gospel when He opens up a door. I was taken to Donald here, Donald Brown. His grandmother went to be with the Lord not long ago. And we were talking, we visited with her right before God took her home. And he was talking about sharing the gospel with some family members. And here's what he said. He says, so, you know, Pastor, it's just so hard sometimes because, you know, they just, I, I get so far. And here's what I said to him. Remember what I said to you, Don? What did I say to you? Take what you can get. Take what you can get. Just take what you can get. Take what they give you. Huh? If they just give you a crack in the door, just go through the crack. Uh, don't try to push it in. Don't try to bulldoze yourself in. Why? Because you'll mess up the whole thing. And so sharing the gospel, when God opens up a door, just take what he gives you. If it's only to give a gospel track, if it's to have some, you walk into an establishment, somebody's crying, hey, you doing okay? No, not doing good. Can I pray for you? Can I pray with you? You don't have to pull out your little mini portable pulpit and begin to preach. <laughs> just take, just take, just take what they give you. Hello? Look here, who said, I think Bob said a little bit ago, there's no better time for us as Christians to talk about Christ than Christmas and Easter. <laughs> I mean, everybody's expecting it. Even though they're not focusing upon it, it's Christmas. And aren't you glad Trump took the X out, put Christ back in? Huh? So how can we worship him? Can I give you one final thought? Listen to this one, and I'll talk about this tonight. Stand on the giving side of the line. Don't miss that. Stand on the giving side of the line. Look at chapter 2, verse 11 again. It says this down at the bottom. They fell down and worshiped him. And when they had opened their treasures, they presented unto him gifts, gold and frankincense and myrrh. Huh? And one of the ways that we can worship him this Christmas is by standing on the giving side of the line. But, Pastor, I don't have a whole lot. You don't need a whole lot. Huh? Giving isn't materialistic. Giving is an attitude from your heart. You can give time. You know, you can say this Christmas, I don't have money, to, but I'm going to call somebody up and say, hey, listen, if you need to get to the doctors or if I can pick up something, yesterday morning, the Lord laid upon my heart just to reach out to one of our dear saints. And I reached out and I said, hey, dear sister, I just want you to know that I have availability today to do anything that I can help you with. If you need something from the store, pharmacy, whatever it is, if you just need me to come by and pray, I have availability today if I can help you. I just wanted to give some time. It's a gift. And that dear saint said, boy, Pastor, thank you so much. I sure appreciate that. But there's other people from the church already coming. And I thought, that's special. That's awesome. Amen? Stand on the giving side of the line. There's too many takers in this world. Huh? We need to become a part of the, the givers. And so that's maybe how we could begin to prepare ourselves for Christmas. Tonight I'm going to look at a third thing. I hope you come. To not just give it to you, just in case you know. So how can I prepare myself? Understanding, come to a better understanding, and then worship him. And then you'll notice these, these three men. We call them three men because of the three gifts, but they're just wise men from the East. They're magi. They express themselves. And so you and I need to learn how to express ourselves. 
And the gifts they gave him are symbolic. It's symbolic. We'll talk a little bit about that in our services this evening. And so preparation, look, look, listen here, I'm finished. Spiritual preparation begins with understanding. And here's the understanding. Just grant me a minute of your time. Here's the understanding. Why was Jesus Christ born? Why was he incarnate? Why did God leave heaven and come to earth to become a man? Why was Jesus born? You need a good understanding of that. Spiritual preparation begins with understanding, right? And we know the answer to that. The Bible says Jesus came to seek and to save the lost. He was on a mission, right? And so he is born on purpose, and the purpose is to die in our place, right? We look at the cross. So Christmas points to what we call Easter, where Jesus Christ was crucified, buried, and then on the third day, he rose again, right? That's the purpose. It's the purpose. And then, and then I think this, it goes from there to what does it mean to accept Jesus Christ as my Savior? That's the understanding. So how can I prepare myself Christmas preparation? How can I prepare myself spiritually? It starts with understanding as to why Jesus Christ came and then what it means for me to accept Christ as my personal Savior. Hello? It's a long time ago now, but November 1979. That's a long time ago, right? How many of you weren't even thought about in 1979? You'd have to be over 40 years old. That's when I got saved. November 1979. I would like to tell you that I was one years old. But I wasn't. I was close to 20 at that time. And, and I'll I, I never forget this. Somebody personally shared with me what is called the gospel message, and I found out that day what it means to accept Christ as my personal Savior. See, prior to that, folk, I knew about Him. I knew that God had a son whose name was Jesus. I knew there was God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. I didn't understand that then, nor do I understand it now. I don't understand the Trinity. I just trust it by faith. Amen? Look, you don't have to understand it. You just need to trust it. Yeah? So I knew all that. I just didn't know. If, Steve, if you would ask me back then, so Sal, if you were to die today, are you sure you go to heaven? I'd say, I hope so. I, I, I'm not, I don't know what I need to do, but I don't know. But now, if you were to ask me that question, I'd say without a shadow of a doubt, I know for sure I'm going to heaven when I die. Why? Because I've accepted Christ as my personal Savior. See, the Christ of Christmas has become my personal Savior. I have an understanding. And now because I have that understanding, I can worship Him. And I can express my love for Him in specific ways. It begins with understanding. And so if you're here this morning and you have yet to accept Christ as your personal Savior, we'd like to help you come to a good understanding as to what you need to do to be saved. At the end of the service here, men and women will be standing by. They'll take the Bible, take a Bible and share with you the gospel message and hopefully lead you to what we call a saving knowledge, saving understanding. Amen? Thanks again for watching us online today. If you haven't done so already, please fill out a digital connection card so we know how to better serve you this week. For encouragement throughout your week, you can listen to past sermons by searching Open Bible Baptist Church on the Apple Podcast or Google Play Store. If you'd like to give today, you could give online at openbiblenj.org. 
Thanks again for joining us today. We'll see you on the next broadcast.